This week on the show, Na'Vi win DreamHack Leipzig, Luminosity crack top five in the global rankings, and Games Academy win MLG's last chance qualifier. I'm Jack Westerman, joined by special guest host John Blue Mullen, and first of all this week we're going to kick things off with a 1.6 frag clip. This week's clip is Frag Executives versus H2K at the 2010 ESWC Finals, where Taz picks up a 1v4 clutch to win the round. Unfortunately, Taz's team would lose this match 11-19 and finish in 4th place at the tournament. Na'Vi would later emerge as champions, taking home $36,000. Our first topic this week is the DreamHack Open Leipzig tournament, which took place, of course, in Leipzig, Germany, over the weekend of January 22nd to 24th. Now, Blue, this was uh, a pretty big DreamHack tournament. Uh, $50,000 up for grabs in first place, out of a total of about 85000 I think. Uh, and as we look at Group A here, this is the group, the group with Na'Vi, SK, Luminosity, Phase, and I think it's fair to say Na'Vi made pretty light work of this bracket. Got off to that 16-3 win up in the top left over SK, and uh, then in the winner's game saw Phase off 16-9. In your opinion, is that... Uh, the expected result given the teams in this bracket? Yeah, I think so. I mean, SK, again, they're still one of those, I guess you could call them tier two European teams that are trying to work their way up going against Navi, who's been in really good shape recently. Wasn't really expecting them to be able to put up a fight there. FaZe, I think, was expecting to be a little bit closer, but FaZe seemed off in general in this event. So they were able to press through them pretty easily too to take first place in that group. Okay, now the second team we should talk about here, of course, is Luminosity. They were the, the team to finish in second place in this group. So, um initially lost to phase over on the, on the far left which is uh, surprising perhaps given that they came back to beat them in the second place game over on the far right and in the meantime they beat sk gaming down there at 2-1 in the elimination game so blue given that they lost luminosity lost to phase initially 16-9 on inferno uh then they came back to beat them 2-0 in the second place game i mean what do you chalk that up to is is that just luminosity being bad at Inferno? Is that, um, you know, taking time to warm up in the tournament? What's what's the turnaround we've seen here? I think personally it was just obviously them getting a little bit warmed up for the event. Something was missing for them in that first phase game. Wasn't exactly sure what it was, but then as soon as they went up against SK and then bounced right back for that second place match in the group, we just saw mm. everything kick into gear for that Luminosity roster like we're used to seeing. That's one of the things with this Luminosity roster is they're starting to look really, really good, but there are still some of those moments like what we saw back at like the ESL ESC Pro League finals where they do look a little bit weaker at times. And I think starting off this event, that's where it came into play. And to a certain degree at the final too there was a weak point but we can talk about that in a bit it was a good bounce back and we saw them really click it together for for finishing out that group to get second place for it absolutely yes and we will come back to talk about luminosity because of course they did make it all the way through to the grand final so that being said let's jump over and take a look at group b and uh, this was the group with astralis 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 i still don't know how you pronounce that team's name <laughs> They are they are brand new uh dignitas <laughs> uh, virtus pro and mouse sports so um I think the team I want to talk about here is Virtus Pro. This is yet another disappointing group exit for them. Uh, and, you know, we've seen players who have been great at pre previous tournaments, like Snacks finishing bottom of the team. Uh, they're dropping matches 16-5 to teams like Mouse Sports. Is this a regression, do you think, Blue? Or is this a, a, a lack of focus? What's going wrong for Virtus Pro in these tournaments? 
I mean, the, the biggest thing you could easily sort of try and chalk it up to is the fact that this is like the first big event they're coming back to after all the teams have just taken this year-end break. So that could be a part of it. But more seriously, this, as you mentioned, this is not the first time where recently we've seen Virtus Pro start to struggle quite a bit. They struggled a lot in some of the online leagues and whatnot. They haven't really been able to qualify for any of the big events that have been happening recently, with the exception of maybe one or two of them. And as we saw in that event itself, too, Snacks really dropped the ball. He had a negative 29 KD and only a .68 player rating mm. in that matchup there so unfortunately with factors like that working against them that combined as well with an absolutely crazy performance from Dignitas in that event did not make it a very imposing one not just against them too but they also dropped pretty heavily to mouse sports which I think was another big surprise to me so unfortunately Virtus Pro just seemed really well and off at this event and that worries me a little bit for their upcoming performances at other events this year as well how much does it hurt a team like Virtus Pro to have uh, such a key player like Stacks? Uh, you know, not show up to a tournament. Is it? Are they the kind of team that can ride through that, or is every player key? Uh, I I think personally that is so. I mean, we we saw it with Luminosity to a certain degree uh, in this event too. Taco was floating towards the bottom, not just in the finals, but also also to a certain degree, sort of earlier on in the event too. We were seeing some games where he really wasn't up to snuff, but they were still able to carry through it. I think you can always deal with one player sort of being off his game a little bit, so long as the other four are still able to perform up to par. But it didn't really seem like that was the case for Virtus Pro. It just seemed like the entire team was off and something was not meshing very well to give them what they needed to press out of the group. All right. Well, unfortunately, Virtus Pro do well did drop out of the tournament. There, they finished in fourth place. And moving on to the bracket stage now, we'll see Astralis versus Luminosity and Navi versus Dignitas in those opening two semi-final games. With Luminosity and Navi progressing to the grand final over there on the right. Now, uh, Blue Astralis losing to Luminosity is is one thing, but this is this is kind of a, a losing streak that they've been on for a while now. Um, do you think they're struggling? Do they still qualify for that spot as a, a global top three team, do you think? I would say they're faltering because here's the thing. They used to be doing really great at lands, but as of late, it's becoming a very big problem to as soon as they make it out of that group stage and when they get into the bracket stage, either towards the quarterfinals or the semifinals, as it was in this case, mm. they really start to struggle with their matchups. And specifically, some of the key players really end up again, like we saw with Snacks, some of their biggest players that they really need to perform end up going fairly badly, as we saw in this matchup uh, for Device specifically. He wasn't really there. He had the lowest KD out of anybody on the team and the lowest rating down at 0.65. One player that, again, did show up at this LAN, like we saw at the last big LAN, too, which was the ESL ESA Pro League LAN. Uh, Zipix was the only player that was really able to do well here. Dupree leading in second. He's actually been stepping up big time on LANs, but that's not what we're used to seeing. We're used to seeing players like Device or Devi, I believe he's called now. Deve. I don't really know how to pronounce <laughs> it yet, but um, we'll call him Device for simplicity's sake. Sure. But uh, Device, unfortunately, just wasn't where he needed to be this event, and I fear that that continues to hurt the team in every matchup these guys continue to go up against at LANs. This, this roster, of course, also had a reputation for a long time as being a team that choked in the semi-finals uh yeah. do you think and you know they they kind of said they'd got over it but is that the kind of thing you ever get over you know if you've had a reputation for so long as choking in the semi-finals surely it's got to be there in the back of your mind right when you when you meet a team like luminosity it's definitely a mental thing and it's not easy to get over <laughs> at all that's like that's like some deep subconscious psychiatrist kind of crap right there <laughs> so I have a feeling that we're going to continue to see that trend for a very long time with Astralis, but if they can get over it, 
and we can see players like Device really kick it up in those more important matches, then maybe we'll see a championship for them someday. <laughs> All right, absolutely. And uh, moving on to the grand final, I've just got a couple more questions before we jump to our next topic. So, uh, again, this was yet another win for Na'Vi. They beat Luminosity two maps to nil in the grand final. And uh, it's really capping off an, an excellent three to four month run that these guys have had. They won, uh, well, this tournament, DreamHack Leipzig. They won uh, IEM San Jose. They finished second at Pro League Season 2, lost to Fnatic, uh, finished second in the Star Series Finals, DreamHack Cluj Finals. Really, you know, uh, they've been on a hell of a run. What do you chalk this up to for the uh, CIS guys? Honestly, Navi have just been on point when it came to quite a few of their crucial players recently. Obviously, you've got Guardian stepping up as he normally was, but there's another player that may have been sort of on the edge a little bit as we got sort of towards the middle end, towards the end of 20, uh, 2015 here. But he's, again, come back and he's been shining quite a bit here in some of the last couple of big lands, and that's Flamey, who is oftentimes yeah. sort of the support player for Guardian. So if Guardian's on his game, which always happens for the most part, say it's about 90% <laughs> of the time, if Flamey's also on his game and if he's keeping Guardian alive, which is often his job in quite a few of the maps these guys play on, that's just going to be an unstoppable combo that you cannot get past. And that's what we saw here in this event. All right. Well, let's leave that there. That was DreamHack Leipzig, of course. Took place over the weekend of January 22nd. And congratulations to Na'Vi who won. Now, uh, before we move on to topic number two, let's jump over to Miss Harvey, who's going to tell us a fact about CS history. Thanks, Jack. Did you know that the Molotov's grenade is not the first time the Counter-Strike developers have experimented with new types of grenade? Back in 2004, Counter-Strike Condition Zero was supposed to include a gas grenade, which counter-terrorists could use to create a cloud poisonous gas on the map. The gas would damage any player that walked through it and make them cough, which would reveal their position to the enemy team. Terrorists could avoid the damage by buying a gas mask another item that was supposed to be in the game. Unfortunately, development of Condition Zero was badly delayed, so both the grenade and the mask were cut from the final version of the game. Today, only the menu and the icons remain in the game files. Thank you very much, Steph. Blue, poisonous gas grenade, is that something you, uh, you think Counter-Strike's missing these days? No, not at all. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> we'll stick with the Molotov, you think? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Seems to, to, to uh, do the job. Okay. Our second story this week is, uh, well, two MLG minor qualifiers, actually. So we've got the uh, last chance qualifier for MLG Americas, which was uh, hosted online by Sivo. And we've also got the CIS qualifier, uh, which took place over there in, uh, well, the Commonwealth of Independent States over there on the, the eastern edge of Europe. So let's start with uh, the MLG Columbus Last Chance North American bracket. All right, well, two other teams we should talk about in this bracket are uh, Optic and Winterfox. So, uh, and well, I guess notably the fact that they, they didn't manage to to make much of an impact here, right? Optic yeah. uh, were, were, I guess, most known for their E-League win. Uh, they looked really good recently in that tournament. And Winterfox, of course, had uh, Pith and Devilwalk until recently. Uh, but both of these teams couldn't get past... Well, I, I guess neither neither won the tournament, but Winter, Winterfox specifically couldn't get past Games Academy. Is it a surprise, do you think, that these two teams uh, have finished where they finished? I don't want to say didn't show up, but... Where, I always 
I was definitely expecting Optic to beat Winter Fox uh, because Winter Fox is still at that point where they're really struggling to get their team sort of together as a single five-man roster and work together like tactically and not just have five fraggers on a team doing what they want to. Yeah. Um, so I was a bit surprised to see that one. Um, but this is the big problem with Optic too. And I brought this up before uh, when I was doing the analysis test last week at the ML, or technically it's two weeks ago now, uh, at the MLG Minor, is that Optic has probably one of the biggest inconsistency issues out of all of the North American teams in that one week they can just be absolutely bang on and be beating the European teams like we saw at that SIBO land a couple months ago. And then the next week, well, mm. this happens and they're beat by Winter Fox. So that's going to be something that they're going to have to work on over the next couple of weeks. But for Games Academy, not at all. I think I was actually expecting Games Academy to take this one. The Brazilians are here. They're here to stay. And I hopefully expect to see a lot more of them coming over to the North American circuit as they have a lot to offer to this side of uh, Counter-Strike. Okay, and uh, just before we jump over to the CIS discussion, uh, the last team I want to touch on here in North America is TSM. So, obviously, TSM parted ways with the European roster. They picked up this North American team. And, uh, Blue, did you expect to see them go completely winless here in this tournament? Uh, I mean, I honestly did not expect them to win it. Maybe taking a set off Winter Fox would have been in the cards. Winter Fox seemed pretty on point this tournament, obviously them getting past Optic. But the problem with Team Solo Mid is they're going to take a lot of time to develop simply because they have a lot of newer talent on this team that in recent history, at least, has not been experiencing uh, professional level play. So you've got people like Vice and Sick who are coming off of that old Denial roster, and you're going to put them with people like Semphis and FNS, two very, very well-known names in the North American community as far as the professional level is concerned. So it's going to take a while for those personalities to mesh and for those two players to really get used to that high-level play and i don't really expect any big titles coming for this team anytime in the near future or even sort of longer future i'm saying it's going to take a couple of months to be completely honest all right and just before we wrap up this mlg miners topic uh, we should take a look at the cis uh, brackets on screen just now so uh i don't know what your cis knowledge is like here blue but <laughs> mine is fairly non-existent so uh in this bracket we've got arcade rebels gambit method is uh well i mean is there anything at all you can tell us about this bracket uh so about this bracket unfortunately not so much it was actually hard to find coverage for this event mm. uh so wasn't able to catch all that much of it but for gamma taking it at least in my eyes that was absolutely expected this has been the new hype roster coming out of the cis region a lot of really good individual talent coming on to this uh coming out of this team this is Do this is doge's new team hoocher is also on this team quite a few other names that i can't like exactly recall off the top of my head at this point but i have definitely spectated them before and i know that you can expect some very very good things from them probably easily breaking into the tier two of european teams very very soon maybe tier one uh later on in this year all right, and just before we leave this uh, this this whole topic, this, the minor qualifiers, I guess it's exciting at the very least to see such a global major. Right, we've never had quite had qualifiers of this scale. The fact that they're getting minors to actual qualifiers to the actual event, right? This is uh, this is pretty exciting, is it not? I absolutely agree. And the fact that we're seeing more and more Asian coverage as well, just not even with the major itself. It's great that we're seeing it. We've got IM Taipei coming up in like I think it's just over a week from now or possibly this weekend yeah got that coming up very very shortly as well so that's going to be great to see some of the asian teams clashing with some more well-known teams too like renegades is going to be facing up against them so that's going to be a great test we saw i think it was cyber zen playing off recently at the uh the star letter mm. event that has happened over a week ago too so it's really great to see that region starting to bloom the south americans even though due to the visa issues we weren't actually able to see them play at the at the americas minor Hopefully that is going to resolve itself next time. And some of the other Brazilian teams like Alien Tech, uh, the new Keats 
players line up and whatnot, we're going to see those guys coming up here as well to face off against some of the bigger guys in North America. It's a really great time. We've got so many new regions blooming. And it's honestly one of the one of the greatest things about CS right now is that we haven't exhausted the entire world's talent pool just as of yet. We're going to see these new regions blooming and everybody's going to want to know not just in like this game's community, but other games communities as well. What's going on with these other regions? It's great. Last but not least, I've got some quickfire questions for you, Blue. So, quick as you can, give me your thoughts on the following news stories from the week. First of all, G2, or the team formerly known as G2, have been signed by FaZe and secured a wildcard spot in ESL's Pro League. So the wildcard pickup is not surprising at all. I think pretty much everybody that follows the uh, the Pro League pretty much saw that coming as they were the only sort of top tier European team that wasn't in the mix just as of yet. Uh, the fact that they got picked up by FaZe again, that as well, not super surprising. It was either going to be them that managed to get picked up by it or the XTSM roster, but they decided to form their own organization. So that's the path they went down. And I guess FaZe decided to pick up G2 instead. So that's how that went. And again, not very surprising at all. All right, over in America, uh, Team CLG announced that they signed Fugly to the roster. And this one as well, I think the fact that Fugly was actually removed from Team Liquid is still a little bit surprising to me, but obviously that's done and done with, so we don't talk about that too much. Now that, that they picked him up for CLG, I think this is a great pickup for these guys, and I'm and I'm very interested to see how, uh, how dominant CLG is going to be and whether they can keep uh, fighting to be within like the top three of the North American teams now. I think it's very good prospects to do it, assuming uh, Fugly doesn't have some of those LAN issues that we've seen from him in the past. Absolutely. And last but not least, Renegades uh, were given the final ESL Pro League wildcard spot in North America. Again, as far as I'm concerned, basically saw this one coming. They were, they, Everybody was like, oh, when is Renegades going to be playing in some of these big leagues like Pro League and whatnot? Or are they just going to be mm. participating in the E-League? So I think that one as well is pretty straightforward. Everybody saw that that was going to happen. So no surprises for me on uh, that pickup there. That's it for this week. I'm Jack Westerman, joined by John Blue Mullen. And Jack, maybe not me, we'll be back next Wednesday with another episode of Pop Flash. <laughs>